for an entrepreneurs out there that with risk comes reward. In a stable environment, nobody, the opportunities aren't there. Opportunities is where things are wild. And that's where we are now. I like that. I think if you on the edge, you, you can make a success, especially if you're resilient and an entrepreneur. There's enough money around. The, um, thinking of money is your problem, that's not the problem. So if you have a good idea, you'll find the money. Thanks for clicking play on the number one podcast show for business owners in South Africa. My name is Manus Bredrek and this is season number three of Making SMEs Matter. This season, we'll be chatting to some of South Africa's top entrepreneurs, guys and girls who have built some of South Africa's biggest brands and companies. And if you're building a company of your own or you have dreams of becoming a successful entrepreneur one day, then this podcast show is going to inspire you and bring you valuable lessons that you can use in your own business. I want to give a special thank you to Investec Business Cash Solutions, the team that has helped us bring you this podcast. Make sure you join our mailing list at sme.africa forward slash podcast. Over the last couple of months, I've sat down with some of the greatest entrepreneurs in South Africa to bring you these podcast episodes and the show. But I must say my guests today, when I walked into their offices and when I, we eventually sat down, I was just so amazed at everything that they do and, and just his energy. And that was Gideon Galloway from King Price Insurance. From the moment I walked in there, things were different. They pay attention to the small little things. Um, they do things completely different. They've got big screens up and it was just before Christmas and Christmas decorations were everywhere. And then when I sat down with Gideon, I actually understood why. Incredible guy, amazing energy. And I hope whatever I felt there that day will come through in this discussion. And I hope you will feel as inspired as I was during the interview. Enjoy this show. Hi, it's Sean Jackson from Investec Business Cash Solutions, proud sponsor of Making SMEs Matter. Our aim is to partner with you in order to understand your business's unique cash flows to grow and maximize the return on your cash. I hope you enjoy this episode filled with valuable insights from our featured entrepreneur. When you hear of cool offices, then you always hear about Google's offices in the States. But when you hear about cool offices in South Africa, the one company that always comes up is King Price Insurance. And I've got the honor of sitting here with the founder and the CEO of King Price in their beautiful offices, uh, Gideon, or is it Gideon? Uh, both, any anyone. Both. Uh, we'll make it Gideon for today. So Gideon, thank you so much for, for joining me. Um, I'm very excited about this conversation because I think you're really disrupting your space. Um, you're still young. You've done it in, in such a short period of time. And I hope through this conversation that we can get to know you a little bit better, but that we can give a lot of value to our small business owners listening to this. Thank you, Marnes, and to your audience. <laughs> when I did a bit of research um, on you and about you, it looks like this perfect journey. It just looks like everything you touch just turns to gold. It looks like you've made it. Everything is going so well. You walk into the office, everything just looks perfect. Is that the case or do you have sleepless nights? Do you stress? Is it hard work? <laughs> do things go wrong? <laughs> Um, well, our office do look like a circus, so, so it's, uh, no, it's definitely far from perfect, um, And uh, uh, but it's, uh, I always enjoy the journey a lot more than, than the destination itself mm. so, or the goal, and um, no, we had lots of sleepless nights, so it's, it's a lot better now than four years ago or five years ago, we were 
almost uh, went under a couple of times and um, so now a lot of I lost all my hair the last seven years <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's lots of that but I mean it, obviously it's an absolute privilege yeah, and yeah. then obviously worth worth the while and um, and uh, yeah we are we are glad to be uh, where we are today amazing so I want to explore mm. your journey and that journey a bit because it has been a short journey right mm. King Prize today um, this podcast will probably go out beginning of 2020 what it's it's a seven-year journey yeah, that's seven and a half years then. Yeah. But you were born in Benoni. Yep. <laughs> uh, this podcast is, um, our partner for this podcast is Investec. And okay. uh, I had a, a conversation the other day with Stephen Kossoff. Yeah, yeah, and he's also, also from Benoni. Huh? I had a breakfast with him the other day. We had, took a selfie. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah, for, uh, because he's obviously also born there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. An incredible guy. Mm, he is incredible guy i was chatting to him and richard branson the other day and we uh, we were on an interview together and it was just it was just incredible wow. and i think mm-hmm. Stephen has done such amazing things and he's so proud to still um recognize benoni as his yeah. um, home, <laughs> home soil um and then what happened after benoni what's your went, journey i went to nalsprite and um uh, 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 uh Grew up there school-wise and then um, went to Tux in my first year and uh, well then I then I stayed at Varsity for about six years because uh, never attended class um, <laughs> discovered beer um, <laughs> started my own first own business there okay. so hosting company w- when was this that um, was two, uh, 2000 and, um, 90, uh, sorry, uh, 1996. 1996. Well, I was first year, yeah. And uh, so th- that till about, what, uh, 2000, I started my first programming job, a real job. So I was a waiter in between that and... Um, and uh yeah so so you were studying you were waitering and then you started a job and you started a business yes uh i I think the big change in my life came when i was 23 years old my girlfriend left me and was still a waiter didn't know what i want to do with my life and in the hostel where i was on my third year then oh no that was my second year the seniors gave me an award for uh, least likely to su- su- succeed in life. So, so <laughs> I was a bit confused there and all of that. And uh, Let, Let's give a shout out to them. Can we give a message to them? No, they were go- go- excellent guys. Uh, still still mates. Um, and uh, But uh, I think it, that was a turning point in my in my life. To, to, and uh, it was actually a church camp. So, so I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And for the first time in my life, I just knew what I wanted to do and um, wanted to be a businessman uh, uh, and uh, and uh, do good I, I know I'm not a pastor I definitely don't know how to pray yeah. and um, felt that maybe I can do some business and and I think that Monday morning when I woke up I just had this um, urge to to start the business and 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 uh, and make a difference in South Africa and, and the world so um, and Although I was still just, a, I got my first, then I went for an interview at Auto in General. Got a program. Did you ever finish your degree? No, no, no. Didn't, didn't. finish it, no. Uh, I had to change my subjects every every year to stay in varsity. I ended up beyond multimedia, which sounds very funny, but um, at art classes and all of that, <laughs> I had to learn from Picasso. Picasso yeah. I had to do English, which I'm 
very not so good at uh, to do English poems and um, so the great part of that is advertising is really my passion and um, it's probably the thing I like like and enjoy most so yeah. in that journey if you look back now um, it was an absolute fit I mean it, it, it was part of yeah, the, yeah. The, the, uh, I enjoyed it a lot and so um, 23 no. done with that and then auto in general Yes, so I was a programmer. I had a other programming job before that, but uh, th- that that's where I um, discovered insurance, um, and uh, just enjoyed it so much. Uh, so th- I had a corporate career ten years there. I left in between, somewhere there in the middle. Um, but um, that that's everything I know about insurance, I've I learned there, and yeah, so. That was that was um, enjoyed it. Yeah. So um, studying a little bit or reading up about your journey, it it almost seemed like the perfect place ending up in King Prize. And people might look at this and say, uh, "Yo, it's a seven-year journey, and uh, you've built an amazing company." But it was actually uh, 15 years prior to that that led you t- to this point, right? Because you yeah. were involved with a couple of insurance companies. Yes. Um, what happened after Auto in General? Uh, so th- in 2004, uh, so it's the first time I left, I started Funnel, it was a search engine business. Funnel, uh, funnel yeah. Um, and uh, borrowed some money from my dad and my brother and uh, partnered with, the, I think, IOL back then. It was Leon Latig and he was the MD of IOL. Yeah. He was also a shareholder in the business. And then um, it was the first pay-per-click search engine in South Africa. It was similar to Google before they, they listed. So we also took credit cards. All of it. it was a lot smaller, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But the technology is exactly the same as Google. So, so um, Anansi bought us out, which I God, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, Anansi, I remember the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they bought the technology. And um, I might... Uh, for two million rand so we made some money okay. for the first time in my, in my life and i thought wow cool I paid my dad and brother back with some um with the profits obviously and, and when was when was it you, that you was said. 2004 okay. end of 2004 and then um but then uh, uh, my the, my friend in varsity at, at hostel his dad um was the guy of Marius Venter um, who gave all the hosting to my clients. And so we became good friends and um, we started as a best off the funnel and that business grew uh, very big. So, so with the search engine rules, we could list anybody on Google, number one. So we literally in a space of one. So what was SA Best? What did so you do? online marketing company. Okay. So we would go in and, and um, we'll guarantee the sales and we take commission on sales. So we did anything from properties, car rental, insurance, all of that. We put a red phone into people's call centers, make sure it gets answered within seconds. And then um, we would just take commission on, on, on sales. And it literally went from um, probably, what's it, uh, 10,000 rand a month uh, business within 12 months to a Eight million a month uh, invoicing business, and and with a very small staff complement. Yeah, yeah. I think we were eight, um, so it was a nice business, and um, did that for two years, and then went back to to Telesure as marketing director. Why and did you sell pa- it? Hmm? Did you sell it, or why did you go back? No, I ran it for two years. My then Marius, my partner, ran it for two years, and um, I, there was also a part of me that wanted to go back into insurance uh, and um, also know that uh, yeah, you, just you're a crazy guy you know, like, <laughs> why would you be a business owner and then go back into corporate and I uh, it, yeah, it, it's um, it gut feel or, or um, 
I just knew that at some point this essay-based um, um, ride is gonna gonna dry up because uh, uh, there were bigger lead management guys coming in at that stage. We were probably the biggest. So it's uh, you can't forever list number one on Google, and they change the rules every now yeah, and then. Yeah. So I mean, we did everything from cloaking. That's when a search engine spiders come, keyword stuffing, all of those those things. Uh, and with the rules changing, I just know there will be a day where it uh, becomes absolute. And what do I do then? And uh, so part of me wanted to go back into insurance. Um, and this was more now on a corporate level. You know, when I left them, it was I was a manager and um, did all the online advertising. And to, to come back as marketing director is a, is a bit of a step up. Um, and I was young and I had to learn a couple of things still. And uh, so I went back. And then 2008, I resigned to to now pursue the dream of starting King Price. So uh, uh, I started Depot two years before that, about 2006. Launched Depot. Uh, tally sure as well and then um but then then the ambition started to start an insurance company where especially on the decreasing premium side it, it just felt can't understand why you would pay more for an asset year on year um there's lots of reasons for that and it's you know, financial modeling and the it and all of that but it, that was the dream to start a insurance company that that you pay fair value at any point in time and then um and yeah just to to use the uh i think there was a lot of scope to to scale and um do things better and then make a difference in the country okay <laughs> and that was you started that journey in 2008 but you yeah. launched in 2012 yeah so those four years i heard you went and saw a gazillion investors was mm -hmm. that just a building phase to yeah, start? yeah so the thing about king price we literally started with nothing it was me uh, me and then not even staff so i had to get programmers and um i was fortunate enough that later on the two persons that helped build depot um joined me about a year later and um we literally got five varsity um, interns started coding the system in Benoni and Ravi's garage. We yeah. kitted out the servers, so there's Benoni again. And, um, and shout out to everyone <laughs> listening from Benoni. <laughs> and we and yeah, I thought it would take six months and you would find investors, and uh, so that took four years to to. And I think you're at pitch number 26, so that was uh, so. Must remember, I had a great corporate career. Um, Leave that all. So everybody in my family, well, probably except my wife and my uh, dad, uh, who kind of they stood behind me and supported yeah. me. But I think even them here in 2010 started asking, asking questions that you yeah, make the right call. <laughs> um, and um, I met great people along the way. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, pitch number 26, I really were down so, I mean and, and and all my money that I made from from SA based all of that went straight into King Price how much were you looking for at the time do you remember um, yeah, yeah I was 300 million was, okay was so the, it's not a small it's not a small yeah, you need a you need a billion to, to start a proper insurance company um, 300 million was kind of the guideline rule for the FSB to even consider an, an application and um, looking, looking back, do you think you were naive at the time? 
Well, we use 700, so yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, uh, um, Mergon, which eventually invested, they, they had a majority shareholder in King Price. We were, we were talking 100 million. So I had to scale it down over that four years to just more of an invest, um, just uh, to get that ticket size a bit lower. Um, uh, it's n nice now. Now we know a lot of lot more people. But back then, it was literally investors that you see one on one, and and and, and at certain points in time, um, certain people played a, a big role. But um, as I mentioned, their pitch number twenty six or so, I just say stuff this all. I'm, um, I don't want banks or anybody. Don't want to see anybody anymore. I'm gonna now um, fund it myself and bought trucks at a, a, my the ad agency designed a. A brochure for a um, what's it coal mine and I said just can I put trucks in and, and drive for you and he said yes for sure you can and I bought first three trucks and they were performing number one two and three on the, on the mine I thought yes it is it's nice and I tendered for the logistics contract and later on got all the uh, trucks underneath my logistics company set it up all of that and yes, and the, uh, this guy just kept on paying a month later and a month later till the amounts were, I mean, that back then, over 20 million that he, that he would owe. And, and I started stressing because we have to fund King Price and all of these other things. And I opened up the Sunday newspaper and there he was behind bars. So he, and it was absolutely fraudulent. Wow. So, so all the brochures that I designed, all of that was absolute. Uh, oh, and he spoke on the live news channels and all of that. And I just knew I'm not gonna get my, see my money again. And um, but that that was a stressful period because I had to pay salaries, uh, keep the momentum, and all of it, and pulled in another couple of private investors just to keep on going and building. So what price. are you thinking in your own mind? You're trying to build this insurance business, mm -hmm. and then you started logistics business. Well, that was one. I also started the salvage yard, which the partner took all the uh, salvage, and he would sneakily. Um, take it to his panel shop and, and fix the cars and obviously um, there was a lot of fraud involved in that that business and started another ad agency started the ad agency in Australia started a merchant company in Mauritius um, started the HR payroll company so there's a couple of those yeah, no, this, this, is, this is way too much for my mind my mind I, I'm an accountant uh, how why um, well, it was you, purely what, the, big, the big dream was King Price, and, and I started all these things to fund it, and, um, and in between still pitching and all of that. Um, but I learned a hard lesson that um, the focus is important. You can't do all of that at once. So I probably started more out of desperation to get the funding and, and not give up. Um, but in the process, I just made it a lot worse, a lot more worse for myself, yeah, yeah. and um, most of them. I, I, we closed down eventually. So am I right, you've made money with your previous businesses, now you want to fund King Prize, yes. and you're starting all these businesses, but then you realize you've got to focus. Yes, exactly. Cool. And, and, uh, and, uh, that, and this, that and makes my mind happy, <laughs> that makes my brain happy. And, and uh, obviously, the, uh, all the, there were successful companies in there, and, but I put, pulled all the profits from there to, to fund King Prize. So, so um, the, the business leaders in those businesses, the MDs, it was also a bit unfair towards them because um, they would, uh, their purpose was there to build something else. Yeah, you, you, you put a lot of strain on them to uh, cash flow wise, to, and you almost um, 
suck the businesses dry. Um, so yeah, that was a and and in that process also uh, the biggest thing that I've learned is background checks. So some of the partners that I've got, I, yeah. if I literally just um, did some basic yeah, reference yeah. checking and all of it, I could have sell, I could have um, yeah saved myself a lot of pain. Yeah, yeah. Get we're gonna jump into building King Prize then. Mm-hmm. I just want to take you back to those days and people listening to those who are also looking for funding, they might be thinking they've got an amazing idea. Mm-hmm. If you had to take yourself to, to, to that person back then, what would you have done differently or what would you, what would you advise be to people in the same position right now? Um, what's the approach with regards to pitching? How do I get this cash? Do I scale it down, look for, for smaller amounts? Funny enough, I think it's easier to ask for more money than, <laughs> than the, 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 the little, uh, I mean, I, I literally back then would pitch for 100,000 and even if it's one uh, investment versus uh, 5 million and I mean we needed 300 million eventually so so I would um, but uh, in the process I learned to become a professional pitcher so that, that's just so let's say the wait 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 <laughs> and then, then you started the powerpoint company yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly but I mean um, so it, uh, you, you I, I would listen to so first of all, there's enough money around. The, um, the, uh, thinking of money is your problem, that's not the problem. There's enough, I mean, there's people, there's angel investors, there's crowdfunding, there's everything. Um, so, so if you have a good idea, uh, you'll find the money. That, that's, that's um, just, just know that. Think is how you present that. So if I had to, uh, if I see entrepreneurs now or when I get business um, proposals, the, I just want the first, I'll create one page Excel to just say what's the IRR or return on investment. So you, you're asking X and what will I get in return? So what is it 30% year on year? Is it, and then you can adjust the risk for the investment. So I mean, if it's this crazy idea that you don't know it's going to work, then the returns need to be 100%, um, uh, you know, or at least 70 plus year on year. For, and you know you invest in 10 of them and only one will make it. Or if it's um, a little bit de-risk uh, and um, is successful, but maybe need a second round of capital. And I mean, there you would expect 30% return. So if I could um, uh, uh, contribute towards the entrepreneurs that way to just say, make it realistic for an uh, for the investor and uh, understand what they want and who you're speaking to. So a bank wants something different to a private investor versus a venture capital uh, investor so know who you're sitting with and then um, and I think if that is fair and and there's lots of ways to structure that is a don't always have to give away all your shareholding but what I found is uh, um, entrepreneurs want to keep 100% and um, expect all the money in and not give away anything and so that would be the other one is uh, is if you want if the cake is bigger there's enough room for everybody and you don't have to be the majority shareholder. So, so if you can give up that um, part to let it grow, then then I also yeah. think, yes. And I'd say those two things. If I think if you can get that right, because you'll get your IRR or return thing right if you if you know what shareholding you're prepared to give away, and then it should be easy. I mean, then then it then it's only your idea and team and and uh, resources, and uh, that I think that's easier than just getting past that first hurdle. Sure. 
Um, before we start with the King Price journey, um, are you currently just focused on King Price, or do you have? Yes, they made me write it in the shareholders. Hundred percent of my time, I argued with. But Blur. you don't want to. <laughs> I asked them, "What is hundred percent? Can we not just say ninety-nine <laughs> And I said, "No, hundred. They want hundred in there." So yes, I, 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 I've got other investments. So I'm a big investor in Lido. It's also as yeah. uh, a estate agency that just um, launched. They're doing very well, and. Um, um, but uh, I, I put MDs into the businesses that were still continuing and um, exited out of most of them. So uh, my 100% of my time is King Price. So I dream, eat, sleep, yeah. King Price. And, and uh, it's working. Yeah, yeah definitely working. working. Cool. So then you got <laughs> to your investor who decided to give you the cash. Mm. And then the King Price journey started. Yes. And so not all the cash. That was just for the first 100 million. Um, and uh, in the process... My company had to capitalize, uh, they also had to um, um, invest a lot more, and then Munich Re got also involved, so they're 15% shareholder, I mean, they, they're the biggest reinsurer globally, so that was a, it was a highlight for us when they invested, and um, so in the process, even in our darkest days, everybody had to, um, you know, fork out a lot more than, than what was planned and that's difficult it's difficult to be three years in your loss ratio is not looking good um it is burning and you're telling investors i need to inject another 200 million into the business and they don't and it's a dark hole um so it it was tough times um how did you uh, i remember i did something with mnet back then um you're now saying 2012 so it might be there and i remember they were talking about this new insurance company now launching um on sunday in carte blanche it it was a car i just remember something like that um how did you launch the the business back then um uh, when you went out public there was a carte blanche um ad, well, uh, we, we had a yeah, tv advert so it's not on carte blanche itself but it was on my in, in between like because yeah, that's yeah, the prime our, our prime first, show yeah our first tv advert and it was it was a really corny i mean if i look back now at <laughs> Can we find it on youtube <laughs> Um, I don't know. Their royalties might have expired. So you have to take it off uh, because of the actors. But uh, we definitely have it in our archives here. And so it's people sitting on people. And um, it's uh, like pretending to be cars. And, um, <laughs> but I mean, our production cost, we didn't have budget for that. And most people in the movie were working for me at some point. Um, so, and we were... Your fraudulent <laughs> partners. <laughs> we, uh, no, not them. <laughs> they were not part of it anymore. Um, but but um, the idea was just to break the clutter. So, so uh, we just said if King Price can do things different and not, not be boring at least. So we knew it was cheesy. We knew... Um, but that's what you got to do, right? Ah, you got to be different. 100%. And, and, and um, at least break the clutter. So, so um, to have another boring financial corporate, you're not even going to get noticed. I mean, you play against the biggest guys uh, in the same space. I don't know if you've seen in Carte Blanche that hour. There's probably seven insurance oh, companies really? advertising that same space. So, uh, yeah, we launched then and um, the phones rang the Monday. Um, and, and remember, you ramp it up. You start at policy number zero. And uh, so as you grow, you grow your advertising spend a little bit more. So um, we didn't have billboards then. We couldn't afford them. Um, I, 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 on my way home, I would literally find all the empty ones put in bids that we can just advertise on them. And then 
um, then we would get one and then it becomes two and uh, but it's what we could afford so all the unsold inventory mm -hmm. <laughs> and then obviously on online advertising we we spent a bit of money on that as well okay and then fast forward seven years later and here you are mm. and you're happy with the the journey yes oh, yeah, of course um, I mean we, we're selling around the, the 10,000 including now maybe 11,000 policies a month um, that's uh, a lot from when we we started um, and uh, started lots of new business lines and going to life now soon and we're also looking you at you started just um, for consumers short term or you started business yeah. and um, private no business only followed I think five years no probably four years into the journey it's um, we started also working with brokers and brokers also have a lot of commercial clients so just made sense to, to offer the whole portfolio but yeah we started off direct to the um, to public private, private individuals home cars uh, all your assets so cars boats all those many business owners listening to this podcast um what's your business insurance what can you what can you offer them what makes you unique well i think um what makes king, king price in general unique is, is so our, our vision is lower premiums higher purpose so, so everything we do is we try to, to get the premium as low as possible now um that means so we don't have loyalty points and all of those kind of things. Make it you get that award immediately. That's why you get the decreasing premiums monthly and and all of that. So that's our philosophy. And and um, so it's a little bit less bells and whistles. But our products got everything that our competitors have in it, and we still give royal service and all of it. We use technology where we can to bring costs down. Um, and um, and uh, for business owners out there is uh, that you, you you work with your broker so um your the person that you've always done your insurance with they can they can just become a partner of ours so so maybe um, annually when you renew it just ask your broker to also bring a king price quote um the also now brokers are commission driven so so it's, it's the owner's responsibility to to ask, give me more than one quote, not sure. just renew it. Yeah. I, I, and I think you'll be surprised at, at the, how much money you could save by, by doing that every year. Um, so that would be my advice and give us a chance, obviously. Awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> if you're listening to this, go and check if you can save money. Um, you know, and the, um, the thing that made you unique at the time and the thing that you focus on and still do, I, I think, is um, your car's value is reducing, so should your premium. Yeah. What 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 made you come up with that idea, and um, and is it just a marketing thing to to get to get new customers in, or is that still a big part of the business? Yeah, that's still a big part of the business. Um, and um, that was it, the concept, right? That yeah, was the yeah, initial yeah, that, idea. That's what sparked it. So yes, it's a marketing thing because it's our USP. We want to pump it. There's there's nobody else in the world that does it, and it still might not still not yeah and um there are people that do it annually but but definitely not monthly and uh, most most countries have annual premiums yeah. um but um uh, technology is actually the big driver behind it and i'll touch on that now but what sparked it was an engineer that showed a bmw that um uh, drove let's say 20 kilometers an hour at the same angle and then would crash it uh the 2003 BMW model and then a 2005. So it's the old dolphin shape versus the new one. And, uh, and 
the new one was half the price to repair than the old one and it's cost of ownership so it's that i make uh, and it's parts so so they the bumper you can now just strip up put on a new bumper where the other one had lights and all of these things in 10 different parts and just takes longer to repair and all of that and that just blew my mind because in south africa keep on hearing part prices increase all of it and and um so that was the first and and cars get safer so so all of the cars now have got abs brakes and all of those kind of things so so your incident ratio should come down in time um and then that might not be in your um two years of, of ownership of a car or three years but over time cars should get safer so if you now combine that with with the decreasing value every month as well on your car then then car insurance shouldn't go up that asset depreciates um, just adjust the premium to uh, to a fair risk because it's like this your this is your item plus the person which is the other risk then that gives you your premium and it's sure. the one that declines in value then surely you must adjust the the um, price every year and you can taste it find your insurer cancel now promise you you'll get a call immediately that will drop your insurance 20 percent or something like that from the retention department because yeah. guys know that um, you uh, it's inflated and it's and, and that was the other unfair part for me that, uh, on a, when I, when i was sitting on writing committee meetings all of it i just couldn't stand a, a loyal client three years with a company and you would increase them 20 percent and they're already on a double factor let's say so two so you're already getting double the premium to the risk and then you want to take it up more because they're just a sticky client that just i mean we can't treat clients that way and and that's what we wanted to change um, and uh, but the the technology behind that is the big one is is how do you now do that and um, we're very proud of our it and all of that i mean we don't have legacy systems it's um, up to a minute we can see how many we sold claims came in services i'll, I'll get everybody's service to cut across the country and everybody's got it on their app on their phone live um, and that makes that enables all of this to to actually work mm. there's a lot of stuff that i want to ask you uh, mm. one of them is is the data that you just referred to behind you is computer screens and tv screens <laughs> up against the wall um, what does that mean to you what does it mean to your people and 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 why do you have it is it just making in information and data accessible to them does it drive them it's it's cool for visitors like you it's actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a video that plays there <laughs> no it's uh so uh, um, i mean i've got it here on my phone so so i'll just uh, show you uh, and what that means to us so when we have a management meeting for example uh, normally with so we have got 50 gms now and uh, when you start it's only five and it's, it's a lot easier than to have a powerpoint presentation and all of that but when you become a lot bigger then um, there's no time to do powerpoints and all of it anymore so this is how the app looks like and every every manager's got what one all the targets is that's on green is is on target red is not on target um, so the, be, the entire screen was green just now I promise, <laughs> I promise you. and then i mean there's payroll collections claims anything i can at any point in time uh, see anything on on this dot i can go six months back to see what the sales rep in nelspreet is doing when when is something dropping or not we'll know which car dealership is uh, then, you, then you can investigate. You can you say, oh, uh, my, it's, are they sending it now to our competitors, not us anymore? Why is that our rep didn't 
go there for his weekly meetings, for example. So that makes instant decision-making and action uh, available. These on top is more the ones that I want to look at. Uh, that can, that's that's uh, people on phones, um, are we getting back to clients immediately, all of those, uh, more customer service related things that I can go down to the floor and, and um, fix immediately, I would say. So it's not, not, um, not your business plans and all of that, but this obviously rolls up to your business plan and any anybody in the company can see how we track up to a minute. Um, on target, off target, where we're going. So that makes um, targets very visible. Mm. And that's why you can have a culture like this where people can play table tennis and do whatever. Well, yeah. you can see it yeah. looks like a circus yeah. here. Um, because it's a, it's a, um, everybody is measured. Uh, and um, we also have, don't have, we have unlimited leave for management upwards. So, so you don't have to come in because yeah, performance are there. There's a performance issue, not a, Leave issues. So we don't even keep it on a balance sheet. You don't have an HR note or anything. You just phone and say, I'm not coming in today. I've got a hangover or whatever the, um, the situation might be. And um, and, the other, uh, and the other part is one single truth of a number. So it's, um, too many uh, meetings in my past career, um, you get the debate of what is that salvage number or this claims number is it including salvage excluding salvage including liability claims not um including that excluding that everybody's got their own version of a number that they um tweak and by having one single truth of a number that everybody sees you only go and debate that and that that changed that changed in the business case and everybody talks the same number and it just um it just it takes out so much confusion and all of that to really operate fast. So, so I'm, I, I don't like meetings. So our management meetings, we meet once a month. Um, we have a guest speaker that comes in, a, a CEO or somebody else from another company that we can learn something. Yes. And then we um, to go through the finances quickly, half an hour. And then people volunteer for deep dives that they're doing in the area. But we don't even discuss the numbers because it's there in front of you. And then um, by lunchtime, we have lunch and we bond. Uh, you can have a beer or go back to work, uh, what you were doing. And that's our, literally our management meeting done for a month, um, which, which makes moving fast just so much easier. You, know, you, you build an amazing company here. Um, the way you talk, the, these things are not easy. Like getting people to cooperate like that, it's not easy. Getting, it looks cool, the data looks cool, but there's developers behind that. There's, there's a lot of thoughts in that. It's only been seven years. If I ask you, like, what's the one thing, how do you get it right? Do you have amazing people? Is it all the experience that happened in the past? This is not easy, what you're doing. Corporates are not getting it right. Government is definitely not getting it right. Pe- people take ages to build something like this. Why? How did you get it right? Um, well, it's definitely the people. I mean, I, I've got an unbelievable team of people here. And um, I would say people from shareholders to to every person. Um, and are you, uh, are you holding that together? I would, well, uh, we all are holding it together, but I mean, in the beginning, if it's only you that started, then obviously I, I keep those relationships. But I think that's where culture is so important for me, and um, because that drives the people as well. So, if um, if people have fun at work, they're more productive. Um, and and with that, I mean even your top management. This is we we can't go back 
to being bureaucratic and and all of that. We said we wanted to have fun and we're going to relax the rules and even being in financial services. I mean, we we are regulated to yeah, yeah, to um, and then. But you don't you don't compromise on those. But you make meetings shorter. You you uh, uh, the music playing. The rules are every. There must be music, even if you're actuary or all of that. We can have a boardroom where you can um, meet or so. But we we decided not to have offices, so we broke them down after after the first year, and um, and to make red tape as little as possible. And everybody bought into that. And uh, so I think if you look after people and, um, and they'll stay, and especially your top team with you and you share with them. So, so um, in this was also sharing some shareholding and all of those kind of things. They, and then they, they stick and they, and they help build something that, um, that's a vision and, and uh, passionately buy into it. Sure. If I can, so it's a passion. and Because um, I, I, I honestly believe you can't make anybody do anything because I'm definitely like that. I will just kick back yeah. immediately. Yeah. I'll be a rebel. Yeah. And if you if people volunteer their time and life energy uh, by themselves, that's powerful. That sure. I mean, one one such person can do what five others can do. Mm. Before we jump into these quick questions, um, it, will I be right in saying that you? are taking this vision and you've got a very clear plan of what, where you want to go and you put like the data things and, and the, the KPIs in place and you monitor that but the team is really buying into that would, would you say that's and true correct and um, but I will will have it more long term than that so when we launch we would know what the first five years would be so um, nothing works out according to plan so, so the business plan and all of those we we um, review every year and adjust that accordingly but then the, the big scary target said is, is that's starting the new things that you don't see in a business plan now so that's sure. like this life insurance sure. and when starting commercial and all of those things that you know you'll probably only get to really see the fruits three years down the line but we need to put it in place now on top of let's say a business plan but every single person know what that is um, and, and work towards that. Sure. Um, so, yeah, we definitely aligned. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, a couple of quick questions. Just mm. um, quick, quick thoughts. Uh, crazy claims. Martin did some research, said <laughs> people who uh, hired people to ride off their cars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the crazy, crazy stuff that you see? Uh, Two, you want to tell me that story? Yeah, yeah, I can. There's two ones that I always uh, tell at a party because I'm it's shocking for me. Uh, the, the one person is sad; he, he died, so he he, um, he put a helmet on and there at the, on the way to Artpespoordam, he would roll his buddy's cars um, and unfortunately died in the accident. So that's how that came out, and it well, wasn't the first time he, he did so. that for money, which is just silly. I mean, it's um, so. But it shows you the extent that people would go out to to um, get a little bit more money just from an insurer rather than just phoning we buy cars and selling it. Um, and then uh, the other one was a lady that uh, uh, miraculously lost her wedding ring that she insured the previous week. For, that's 300,000 rand and said she was sick and probably in the process of putting it on her um, Bed, what bed cassia or yeah, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I had to probably bump it into the bucket and then they washed it down the, the toilet. Um, and um, when we pitched up at her work, obviously she had the wedding ring uh, on and then um, confronted her. Her husband didn't even know, 
So yeah, so. Uh, that was a funny one because you begged it. Please just don't tell her. <laughs> 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 I'll uh, pay you double your premium. And, and the, other th- the funny thing is the amount of um, ex-wives that split on their husbands. So you know that Ferrari that got uh, stolen two years ago. No, it's at that address. Uh, it's amazing how many um, tip-offs we get from from ex-partners. Really? Wow, wow, wow. Um, my question is, is it for everyone? Can anyone walk in here and they're going to fit into your culture? Or is it really a specific type of attitude that you're looking for? Um, no, it's definitely not for ev- everyone. I, I think we, the, the atmosphere, everybody would like it, certainly. But, um, but we want to make sure it's a culture fit for both parties. So um, just the process of that is um, if you come for the interview and we like you, then you have to come and spend a day here. Uh, you put and leave wherever you are. If you can't, then toughies. Uh, you're not probably not for us. And then if you spend the time then here for that day, you make coffee or you work in your team and, and do what you need to do. And a team votes if they want you in. And what that does is, um, uh, first of all, it creates an insider. So this guy or a lady that comes for the first day at work, don't not going to sit at the canteen and wonder who are their friends and normally that's how you create outsiders because the outsiders normally pull in another one of them and soon the new employees are outsider rather than an insider and yeah what, i love what, that i love what, that so what, much what i mean by insider is when you talk about we us mm. that kind of kind of thing and then um, the first day they start in induction i i would do a presentation and i would say i think it's fifty thousand rand now for if you quit within the first month plus your salary so now it becomes tempting. It used to be 30,000 <laughs> and only one person took it the last three years. Um, because if you're a cult, if you're not a culture fit, then you're going to take the 50,000. Yeah, yeah. I'll rather do that than if you waste both our time and three months down the line, we going to waste a lot more than 50,000 Rand to, to either have you here or, or uh, you're going to go in any case. So, so we make, very sure that you're a culture fit and um and uh yeah i would like to believe we're a bit different than than the norm to all the entrepreneurs out there i spot an opportunity here apply for (laughs) king price come and spend a couple of days here (laughs) get 50k split half with me start your business (laughs) you're welcome um, you briefly referred to it. Uh, you said 23, you got to know Jesus. And uh, so Christianity and religion is playing a big part in your life still today? Yeah, absolutely. That's, um, so um, my personal vision is just to, uh, yeah, to, to change people's lives. And I'm going to do that till I, in my grave. Um, and King Price is probably an extension of that. I think it's, um, it's, it's one way. Because if you had to ask me why King Price and not an ad agency, um, though I enjoy ads a lot more, is, is the scalability. That, um, I mean, we can really make a big difference in South Africa and, and the world like, if you get it right. And this is part of that journey. So, yes, it does definitely play a big part. What's happening in Gideon's mind at night when he goes to bed? What are you thinking about? Depends on what day it is, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> now I probably am a workaholic because I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, never really switch off. Yeah. So, so we're all going on holiday now, and um, then I relax. To, I love traveling. to meet partners and clients for lunch. No, no, this is family time. And but I mean, already then in your mind you're thinking of what's next year. Are you planning stuff? So, um, and the business is always. I think that's just how an entrepreneur operates. So um, uh, my mind is is busy. I think about five different things at, at once. My concentration span is 
literally five minutes. So you, uh, well done on keeping me <laughs> <laughs> interested here <laughs> or um, engaged. If you're hearing a <laughs> clicking all the time, it's getting sitting here with a cart, hammering it on the table. Uh, what's, your, what's your thoughts on how do you think about uh, technology and all these young insurance startups um, who's entering the market, who's insuring mm. through, through apps? And what's your thoughts on, um, on tech and Love tech. Um, we also put a lot of money into it, I, and I think the big players take always too long to to adopt it. So um, the only problem with the new startups is that they still just a front end. So so the problem becomes they normally connect to some insurer's back end, and at the end of the day, you have to repair cars. You have to. You're only as good as your back end of the insurer you connected um, to. So, um, uh, for example, Lemonade in the States, I think is brilliant. And, and tech-wise and app-wise, we um, know a lot of things I try and copy from there. Um, don't have to reinvent everything. So, the, it, I, I like all these new, play, uh, new um, players in the market. But um, in the end of the day, if you can't make it more cost-effective for the user out there, then, uh, and more convenient and all of it. So the convenience is there, but I don't think the, the price benefit is there yet. I think um, they're still stuck with the legacy of, of um, big insurers uh, sorting out the back end. So, so you can refer all your friends and put everything on, on the phone. At some point, you have to, you know, a car is an accident, has to be repaired to your satisfaction, all of those things. But I think that will catch up. So support them, definitely. And, and I hope the industry moves um, as well, the mm. big players. But you, you're super well positioned as a company because you're agile and you can have the best of both worlds. You, uh, a bigger player, but you can be agile definitely. like that. Well, we also started from nothing. So, so I don't, I, we're not a big player yet yeah. but we're definitely getting there yeah. but um yeah i definitely see myself in the issues because yeah. i know how tough that can yeah. be um who are some of your heroes people you look up to um, mentors people that's next to you nowadays are there any yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, and throughout life obviously a lot more is always my shareholders tend to be always partly somehow um, uh, my mentors as well and i've been privileged to always find somebody probably more uh, wiser in life than, than where I was. Um, and uh, so it was my old partner, Marius, and they say best, obviously, and all the ones that's currently, Mergon, Goucher, um, my colleagues that I meet, that, um, I always believe in employing people stronger than yourself, so I learn a lot from them. And then uh, obviously my dad and all of them in, in their lifetime, and then um, good books. I, I also... Um, like a good book every now and then. They, they're probably not your mentors, but I, I do. No, uh, I, think uh, yeah. I think you can learn so much sure. um, to just widen your your vision. And uh, funny enough, my wife, because she's totally the opposite of, of me. She doesn't care about business. Don't even get it. Uh, so so to have um, uh, to see the world through her eyes and and your kids' eyes as well, it gives, it gives a different perspective. And that's also in our team here. And looking at King Price. We've got lots of crazy people, and um, and they're totally different. So, so we have a slogan here: "Honorable bunch of pirates," because we literally have <laughs> a mixed bunch of people stuck in one boat and have, having to make this work. Um, uh, there was a joke on, on uh, when we were at Mauritius uh, after a bottle of rum. We thought that we are honorable bunch of pirates, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but there are a lot of crazy people here. Yeah, but that I think that brings the diversity. That brings that uh, life isn't just your uh, viewpoint. It is. Um, 
there's lots of others and i try and make sure that i i i put my i, I can see that view as yeah. well not just see the world through sure. through what i i think yeah um you know the um as we were talking here the lights went off um and it's load shedding again from escom <laughs> and the economy is contracting and many business owners listening to this uh, we've also got a whatsapp group um, with uh, thousands of business owners and it's a tough time for the small business um, out there Absolutely. what would your advice be to them in in this economy are you positive about sa and the economy and what would your advice be to them um well shortly i'm always tend to be positive so so i'm positive about south africa i think we're in for a tough ride the next five years i think the worst hasn't I think there's lots of people that made plans that divesting into South Africa that we haven't even seen. Um, but but I do think we'll go through this. I think the economy is probably not going to um, miraculously recover. But I think if you, for the entrepreneurs out there, that with risk comes reward. Um, being on the edge, uh, in a stable environment, nobody there's not, the opportunities aren't there. The opportunities is where things are wild, and um, and that's where we are now. I like that. I think if you, on the edge, you you can make a success, especially if you're resilient and an entrepreneur. So um, that's why I like it here. Um, don't say put all your eggs in in uh, into this basket. Um, my uh, Marius told me the other day. To, um, says it's a spare wheel. So you. Don't use your spare wheel too soon because then you'll actually slow down your journey. Um, you're going to drive with a little smaller wheel and then you don't have another plan. Use your spare wheel when you need it. The day, the day when the, you know this is time to go or anything, then that, now that you have a spare wheel, but a spare wheel is also not as big as your other wheels. I mean, so, so don't, don't um, put too much energy in, into that, but make sure there's a plan. And um, but focus your energy on on on, on the journey. And I'm I'm a supporter of South Africa. I am still positive, and I do think there's lots of opportunities if we stop complaining and just um, just doing a lot more and saying less. Yeah. Um, going forward, what's the what's the vision? If we sit here five years from now, ten years from now, what's the plan going forward? Yes, I have a, lo a lot. So we want to get into the life insurance space but I, I, um, what really excites me is Europe so we um, you've seen a Viking ship in the in the uh, foyer there at the bottom uh, bought it from a guy in Benonia actually uh, <laughs> he bought that uh, he built that Viking ship I himself I didn't expect it from anywhere else <laughs> so um, and that is because we, we're looking at a Danish insurer we um, we uh, with a partner of our ours Basileia um, that's in Europe we want to um buy this this danish insurer now it's online we had, um, they've secured the branding of a, of a big um household name in europe and i think we've got a lot of great technology so if we can um, we'll probably know in the next month or two if that deal is secured but i do think yes we can uh, have all our ip uh, really make a difference in in Europe and uh, and South Africans are good, especially in financial services to to um, do well in in other regions, and I'm I'm excited about that. It would be cool. Um, I think if there's a bunch of South Africans that really um, uh, go uh, into another country and and um, 
and uh, and with that comes also the risks you can really really mess it up as well and uh, we must make sure that it doesn't sink us here um but we i'm i'm very excited about that so there's there's more than enough plans that um uh, that lies ahead and uh but we'll keep on we'll keep on going keep on hustling <laughs> Gideon, thank you so much for chatting to us. I think uh, our business owners are going to get a lot of value from this. Um, I, I love your business. I love your mind. It's way too crazy for this accountant's brain. <laughs> but you've done amazing things, and I'm pretty sure you're going to take over Europe and, and do everything you want to do. Thanks for chatting to us. Oh, thank you, Marnas. Thank you for your listeners. Thanks, guys. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and that it's valuable in your own journey. Do connect with us and remember to join our mailing list at sme.africa forward slash podcast. And if you haven't subscribed to this show yet, do it now. And if you haven't rated it yet, what? You haven't rated it? Also do it now. My name is Marnes. See you again next week. Thanks for listening. If you're a business owner with cash sitting in a call, notice, fixed deposit or money market account, SMS the word cash to 47677 or visit investec.com forward slash SME Africa. Someone from our team will call you back and discuss how we can help you grow and maximize the return on your cash.